Welcome to Nothing Confidential, the podcast. I'm Kristen Henke, hostess with the mostest, matcha snob, and unapologetically bad at small talk. Seriously, tell me about your childhood. And I'm Joan Carnachon, queen of messy conversations, skincare junkie, and highly allergic to bullshit. You are now entering a judgment-free zone where together we will navigate the vital conversations that lift shame and shift paradigms. Our deepest desire is to normalize rewriting the narratives women have been taught about pleasure, money, power, sexual expression, and self-sovereignty. So join us each week for unfiltered, raw dialogue that educates, empowers, and hopefully entertains, or at the very least, makes the hard topics feel a little safer. And oh, by the way, when we say women, we are speaking to humans who identify with the divine feminine nature, non-binary royalty, our sacred sluts, the matriarch in the rising, and those of us who are still trying to figure their shit out. You guys know I love a good disclaimer, so here goes. We are not to be mistaken for doctors, lawyers, clinically trained psychologists, therapists, or your mother. But we are someone's mom. If you True. think this state is going well, subscribe to our show. And community means everything to us, so make sure to tell a friend or like all of your friends. there was this like a little moment of energy where we're both, we're all three of us were like, oof, mothers, like this mother group. So I guess the question is if we could design a mother group that worked for us, what would those elements look like? What would they need to have to feel supported in the way that we look at life in the way that we raise children in the non-binary um, in the way that we raise hu human fluidity, like what would that actually look like if we created a mother group in that way? That's a very good question. I think for me, it would be like just being able to really like joke and make fun of my child and like kind of maybe be a little mean about it too. Or I don't know, like being safe, like I like she's not always super cute. Um, I think like some of the things like I have thought were like really gnarly or exciting, like when she spits up, it's like dope. Like, I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> this is like the trippiest thing I've ever seen. It's like coming out, it almost looks like it's coming out of her eyes. Like it's not it's just coming out of her nose and mouth. But like, you know, I feel like I feel like mother groups can be very much like, she's so sweet. Like there's just like this, there's a gentleness and um, um, that, you know, that doesn't resonate for me or I don't feel safe kind of being like this little bitch won't stop fucking crying you know like I like I, I don't know like I like to be playful about that like obviously I love her but I like want I just wanted that safe space to also kind of like make fun of the experience and that feels like you can't you know in a lot of the mom groups and I think that's what I would want and I also, I'm super hashtag blessed, have two, three, uh, blessed and not blessed. I have a few friends who all got pregnant literally in like a two month span. Mm -hmm. So my friend group literally has been a great mom group where people are like, Hey, like, you okay? You okay? <laughs> Is this poop color? Like, <laughs> yeah. What's everyone's latching deal? 
how much are you sleeping? Is this normal? Does feel normal yet? What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> but I ended up, I had a belly birth, which is my preferred language for a cesarean section. Like okay. Yeah. yeah. It's not, what is I, your lower abdomen doing all right? Yes. My lower abs are doing okay, but my vagina is fine. It is definitely, that has been the silver lining of not getting to have the I am now trying not to call it a natural birth. I can see why that is upsetting now. Cause I didn't, cause it was my natural experience was that I, I couldn't. Right. Um, but that was what I wanted. Right. And mm. well, I can fuck. <laughs> and <laughs> that is dope. That's so great. So I'm like really thrilled about that. Cause it does seem like from my other friends, like six weeks is just not enough time. Like, not enough time. Like there was definitely had my dildo in there and I was like, no, we're good. All right. You can come back in. (laughs) Yeah. Different people. Right. Yeah. I do think using a dildo is that's exactly what I'm recommending. I was like, you should test before you bring another human into the the mix. I had everything felt safe and like, you know, so that you're not anticipating because it was, I mean, my, mine was great in the way that I know a fucking lot about at all of that. I know a lot about birth. I know a lot about the human body. I know a lot about my anatomy. I know a lot about, you know, I had a pelvic floor, you know, specialist on call before I went in so she could like capture my golden essence so that we knew where we were getting back to if anything went awry. Like I was very well supported and prepared in that situation. Um, also, you know, hashtag blessed that I birthed like a she warrior and Jesus, I mean, all women who birth period are she warriors, but also it, um, like she, I didn't, I did not tear. I was very grateful. And so after that, like, I still felt like my organs were falling out for like two weeks. And that was the pressure was very intense, but it was very quickly after that. I mean, things just feeling how miraculous, like the body, like things going back where they know to go and getting to this place where once I was, I mean, I was horny at two weeks and was like, this is not happening. So it was all clitoral until like week five. And I was like, I was so horny. I did not have the whole like downward down tick in sex drive after the baby came, which was actually a little alienating because I couldn't talk to any of my friends about it. Cause I would, and they'd be like, Oh, sorry. That was no, I had an uptick. I was super, super I, horny. I was not horny during my third trimester or like my second whale. trimester. But then I was like, even though I'm clearly postpartum, I'm like, this body is just me again though. So I'm going to get weird. <laughs> and that felt fucking great. Also, like watching my partner be a dad was like the hottest thing ever. I was like so into it. You didn't answer the question. I'm curious too. What What do you want from your mom group? Mm. Um, me, I think I kind of want the same. You know, there are times where I refer to my daughters as little shits. Um, yeah. And you know, I don't I don't want a side eye for that. You know, I, I, I also, I'm raising my kids in the Bay area and these, these bitches be bougie a little bit because of where we're raised. Like, it's just where we live. I mean, my 11 year old is like, I want a chicken pesto sandwich for uh, lunch today on ciabatta bread and not any ciabatta bread, but like Acme ciabatta bread. So it's like fucking local. And, you know, I know that like to the rest of the world, it's like, oh my God, whatever. But it's like, we just like to source things locally here in the Bay Area and good food. And it's just the priorities that we have. Um, but like that, that whole bit, like 
I, I just recently went to a mother dinner on Saturday and it was awesome in terms of like mothers being able to connect and be in community. But I felt a so alone in that because here I am one of the three women of color at this table. So there's that like diversity and inclusion is something that's important to me. And then also um, the ability to talk about anything between uh, anything under the sun between parenting to sex, love and relationships and business and, and not have to just be just a mom in this space or I, mm. I don't want to be just like uh, I don't want to have like the conversation centered around like which is necessary but it also always like feels like oh my god as a mom I can't take a fucking break we already know that <laughs> like we already know that that's part of the yeah. role but how can we celebrate the other aspects of womanhood that's not just motherhood but also weave the motherhood in because it's also very important like it just feels like so much of it is this or that in a lot of these groups and there isn't a this is what we're talking about or this is how we're connecting or this is what we need to be and do um so I don't know there's I'm still looking for that particular one I know that there's part of it I am lucky that I have friends that are very similar to that I mean Kristen's one of them um but it, yeah I I, I, know, I just want fucking a non-judgmental fucking mother that's I, I was <laughs> It's judgment. It, there's it's judgment. so much judgmentalness. And some of it's so internal. Like, yeah. like Kristen, when you were talking about, like, I got so sad when you were just talking about, like, your birth. I was like, oh, like, judging myself, like, so upset that I didn't get to have what I thought would be, like, this badass woman warrior. Like, that, to me, feels like such a cool part of being a woman is, like, pushing this thing. But you grew this thing. And no matter how I did. they have to come out, man. I mean, not to tell you I, know. Sadness, I totally understand wanting to have something go a certain way and not getting that. Like, that that's a, that's yeah. a trauma. That's like a birth trauma yeah. is to have an expectation or a, des- a deep desire for something and not get it. You have to be allowed to feel the disappointment of that. You have to be allowed yeah. to say, you know, without it feeling like you're even disempowering yourself, to be like, no, I mean, I ended up with the perfect thing. It's like, you don't have to invalidate that you're right. that you didn't get what you wanted. Like that's okay. And also you're a badass where you're bitch for growing that baby. And no matter how she <laughs> had to come out, she got out. So you did it like you fucking did it. <laughs> but it just makes me, there is just so much judgment when it comes to motherhood. And I think holding non-judgmental spaces is really key. And yeah. I mean, Joe, also when you were talking about diversity and stuff too, I was like that, it would be really great to have that um, and to learn more about other people's experiences that are, that are just different than mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, like a, right, a non-judgmental way, because you just learn so much more too, like what, what ways to do it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and kind of like you were, what you were saying, Joe, I definitely resonate with just the thing that's key for me is having being able to have conversations about all of the things that motherhood touches and that touches motherhood, because now that that's happening, it's like, yes, there's so much of you that's like, I just don't want to be just a mom. And yet you will always forever here for a fucking mom. And there's no way around it. And Mm -hmm. and it's something I love about myself. Like it's something I'm not going to apologize for talking about my kid or doing all of these things. And at the same time, 
you know, like instead of talking about how fucking tired we are, cause we know I like picking each other's brains and be like, like, how long has it been since you actually like left the kid and went and got fucked somewhere? Like, where did you go? What kind of food did you eat? Like, who did you keep? Like, does, do we want to take turns, like keeping kids? So so-and-so can go get fucked tonight. Like, what are we going to do to make yeah. sure that totally. we are whole humans and that we are supported in the fullness of our humanity while surviving motherhood like that just uh, is mm-hmm. that's it that's the base I could get into the nuances of what I would love that to look like but at the end of the day it's like this is a part of my human experience it's a big part and obviously having people understand that and be able to you know share their experiences and just support by fucking being there like motherhood is one of those weird things where you have a baby and on on the one hand, like, no, I don't need you showing up to my house, sitting in here, taking up my time and my space and whatever, but you can call me or send me a quick text and not keep me on the phone. Just be like, Hey, I'm thinking about you. You can Uber eats dinner to my door. You can like Mm -hmm. send me a night nurse for a night. You can send a cleaning person to my house. I mean, there's things you can do to check on, you know, new moms. And I think motherhood is very lonely because everyone assumes that now that you're a mom, you're so busy, you don't have time for friendship. And it's like, I'm busy with things that deplete me. And what I still need is an infusion of stuff that nourishes me. And so just mm-hmm. understanding that like the point of the friend group is to, is to get nourishment so that you can continue pouring from that place of overflow. And you don't get into that place of depleted mother martyrdom because that's not what we're doing in here like all of us in here we're modeling shit for our humans we're not doing the martyr thing and you require a lot of nourishment in order to make that happen and I also think that all of those services that you've just mentioned are such truly like night nurses nannies people that can clean your house like Mm -hmm. I, I just I mean I think that if if you are privileged enough to be able to afford those things it, it can be a game changer in your, your mental well-being, your relationship. I see so many, because I, I do think that sometimes partners, mainly male partners, don't really understand the value of those things and are just like, yeah, but we don't really need that, like, you know, or something. And it's <laughs> like, literally will change your relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a big reason why my transition to motherhood has been some people another thing people do is they're like are you okay yeah <laughs> you know they assume you must be re- and I'm like no I'm good like I'm fine I like, don't, I'm, I'm good. not depressed some people I'm are, not depressed not my experience but th- there is like the leading questions of like what well, are you regretting this decision yet kind of or like no, no one says that but just like you must be so tired and yeah sometimes but we, you know, my mom came and stayed with us and she did some night feedings. We had a night nurse for the first two weeks. And that was literally the best money I've ever spent on anything in my whole entire life. Yeah. Um, and I got to really just enjoy the parts that I enjoyed. So, yeah. I mean, there you have it. Everyone who's listening, like if there, you have a new mother friend, fuck the like mom baby registries of diapers and shit like get a gift certificate to uber eats doordash gift certificates certificates to a house cleaner all of those those are where you really could pitch in for your future 
for your friends who become future moms. Those are the areas that we really And yes, need. those things cost money. And yes, and like totally want to call out and like the privilege that comes with being able to afford those resources for yeah. yourself. But there's so many ways that you could do that. There's so many other things. If your friend has kids, like offer to come take the bigger kid out somewhere so that sh- they can sleep or come and hold the baby while they take a shower. Or, you know, there's so many ways in which you can offer the exact help they need and nothing more. Like, don't make it about you. You could come in, take their dog out and unload and load the dishwasher and put some food on for them and leave without trying to catch up on your friend time. Like there are so many things you could do that don't require you spending money or being, you know, or doing any of that. It's just being available. It's just having an extra set of fucking hands and just being like, what do you need? And they might not need anything. Some people get into the bubble and they're fucking great. And they don't need anything. But the fact that you ask means so much more than, you know, Mm -hmm. and just not like bailing off the world because you think you're bothering them or like, just check. Like there's nothing terrible about checking on your friends. (laughs) Somebody made me a breakfast quiche, like a big one that I could just have like for five days. I just ate that every morning. That was a a a brilliant, brilliant. Um, Mm -hmm. Such a good present. I also remember the first time I was like alone with Kaya and I was like, wait, how do I, sh- how do I shower? There's gotta be a way to shower. And I was like, why did, what? Like I, I put her down in the bathroom. Into the bathroom. Yeah. yeah. That's what I did. Yeah, and, I, yeah, yeah. Same. and I laid her there and the water. And I was like, I'm just going to shower. I'm not going to die. <laughs> And then when she got a little bigger, it's like stuff that people just, they make it, it's not that it's not hard, but there's just certain things that because I'm not interested in what anyone else is doing necessarily, like that's never been important to my personality type. So I'm like, you know what? Like I'm going to take her in the fucking shower. There was a, once she got big enough to hold her head up, I would take her into the shower with me and I'd be like, head, head, shampoo, twat, pits, ass. And then like, we're out. Like I, that's what we're That's great because right in the shower. Now she's 18 months. She can stand in the shower with me or her dad. She'll sit in there and play toys. She'll like, she would do that mm-hmm. over a bath any day. So she's been showering since she was like three weeks old. I don't know. That's great. That's awesome. One of my friends in, in my little, my little group was like, Hey, is anybody like shitting with their kids? Like <laughs> shot with her on my lap. hundred yeah she's like I'm just wearing her and taking shits and I was like I really respect that and I'd like to say that I've done that but I just haven't yet but I will I promise that I will get there mostly when there's a meltdown (laughs) happening and they're attached to your boob and that's the minute you have to shit and you're like well you're coming with this is you're coming with a swing with a seatbelt works great for shits like that works leave the door open put her in a swing yeah like no big deal But I love that. I really respect Where were you guys when I, when my kids were way younger? Now that they're 11 and 17, like like, I felt like I was so alone in that whole realm. I'm like, yeah, they're coming in the shower with me. They're going to be right here where the bathroom is. Fuck this. This is all going to happen in this space. Yeah. Yeah. I just like James and I have obviously an open door policy. And so that's been our whole life. And so then when um, it's, just hilarious when Mike is actually home and I kind of forget and that's like not something that we do all the time because for a long time we tried to hold on to that whole like you know keep the mystery alive close the door now I'll just be and he comes walking through and I'm like sitting on the toilet and I was like oh door's open (laughs) (laughs) I forgot you were here sorry (laughs) 
I was so anti keeping the mystery alive. I was like, you need to know that I bleed. You need to know. And now I'm like, oh, did he? Did he really? Yeah, you're like, you know, maybe he's going to find out eventually. Because now there's a lot of stuff he knows that I didn't have a choice in. And I might have reserved some of the things I had control over. I don't know. But it's out. We had a long conversation if he was going to walk, like, look while I was giving birth. Because he was like, you know, my friends say, once you see, you can never unsee it, you know? And I was like, yeah, but like, it's happening to me. And don't you want to know? Yeah. What, so what did he, did he see everything? Well, it was a belly. It was Well, that's right. He stood mm-hmm. in there. That's right. He stood in there. Yeah. Um, he saw And he said there was a lot of blood. Yeah. It's a lot of blood. It's actually one of the bloodiest surgeries, mm-hmm. in case you were wondering. Yeah. Um, but I don't, it, it wasn't the same impact on like, this on is. On your sexuality. Well, <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> We'll let you know next time. Oh my God. Well, I I told him I didn't want him. I just don't, I was like, I don't want you behind me. Like I want you in there, but you don't need to be like up in there. Like whenever she comes, like I'm cool with you, you know, like being down the catching or whatever, it's a broke. I I was like, I'm going to pull her out of my body, but like, you can be there. And so it, but by the end of it, my sweet little doula was like five foot and like tiny. And she was amazing for so many other things, but she kept trying to come around the hip squeeze. And I was like, where is Mike? Go get Mike. I was like, nobody raise these hips hard enough, but Mike. And so he had to be behind me. And at one point I was in like frog position at the end. He's like squeezing my hips. He's like up in it. I'm like back. I'm yeah. Hemorrhoids, shitting, baby coming out, all the things happening. I was like, Oh, you can't take that now. He said he never revered, uh, loved or feared me more than after witnessing me give birth. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking dope. That's a great thing. I think that's that's amazing. And my vagina, I mean, my vagina did survive. There's so many like misinformation things where you do feel like, oh, you're never gonna be the same again. My butthole might never be the same again. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) I have to grieve that on the regular because I was really fond of her before, and you know, she's doing okay, but she's a little worse for wear after that situation. But my vagina is great. She's humming right along. Fantastic. And you know what else you said earlier too that I just want to like double click on or like affirm I think like being feeling vanilla or whatever like that like I don't know but that's amazing like it's so great to just know who you are and if it is you know this woman (laughs) right exactly yeah Yeah. I I I don't know why that like came up again but I was like I just really respect that I like well, I just I, I think the whole point of all of it is the search for authenticity, right? So it's like yeah. you can be out there trying to make yourself more interesting if that's making you inauthentic. Like that's not a thing we're doing. Like we're trying to make space for people to be the most authentic version of themselves and if that makes you uncomfortable, like you need to work on that yourself and not make that other people's problems. But yeah, mm. everybody else is like if you're authentically vanilla, like just fucking be happy. Like who cares? It should be yeah. like that just Sometimes I feel like I am looking through the matrix. I'm like, none of this is this complex. Like just look like all the way, all the way through. And there's Mm -hmm. just like, it's so much more simple than anybody wants it to be. And it just requires people to mind their own fucking business and get better at boundaries and have some fucking (laughs) compassion. Like that's really what it is. And people struggle with that. So yeah, I don't know. It just... Boundaries are fucking tough. Boundaries are hard. (laughs) Boundaries are hard. Boundaries are hard. (laughs) And, you know, the struggle is real. Yes. 
And I would say that I found, I mean, wow, we're really overdue. You guys, have, I don't know how many to go. I'm like enjoying that. You're okay. It's like, like way more fun. We give it 90 minutes as long, like as long as you are good. We just don't want you to be, I know you have like. Oh, I love this. I feel baby. So I just want to be sure you're okay. <laughs> no, again, this is like, love her. She's great. And she's also like, sometimes a salty bitch. And that's right. But this happens. Is, this is great. Good. Good. <laughs> so, glad, so glad we I found growing up um, compulsory monogamy way more challenging than the binary of gender. I don't know why I had to compare those two, but just yeah. when I was thinking about it's, like my identity that's been given to you, that one was harder than that you. one. That one caused a lot more pain. Yeah. Do you I, for me for partners? Yeah, be a whole another thing. We will have you back one hundred percent. But since you brought that up, like, would you want to give us a quick? overview spiel of like you and your husband and how that's functioning and your like yeah. to your partnership and what's going on sure we are non-monogamish um and for our, i mean i think it's covid and having a baby has made us way more <laughs> yeah it's, exactly um but just this weekend we both went to um i went to a bachelorette party and he went to a bachelor party and y'all play we just yeah, we just get, we do our own things and get to be our own individual people. And um, that we generally find really re-energizing for, for us. Um, so yeah, we usually kind of like touch base on what our boundaries are and give each other space to be like, honestly, I'm in a really sensitive place right now. And I don't feel like that that extra weight of you kissing somebody else is going to feel good for me or having sex with somebody else. Um, but when we, usually it's like when we're going out separately, like we'll give each other the space to like feel our single selves. Cause I think at the end of the day, it's like you have energy, your partner has energy. And then there's the energy of the relationship. And like, you create that kind of from your own energies. And it's really nice for me to be like re-energized in that way. Like when a random person is into me, like that makes me feel something that my partner can't really make me feel anymore. Yeah. And it's not or a it's bad different. thing. That's not, like it's not a bad thing. thing. There's so many other beautiful things that your long-term partnership gives you that they mm -hmm. don't need to be on the hook for all of that stuff. And it's great. Yeah. You can be resourced in that way somewhere else. Like, I think that's awesome. I do think it is, you know, it's really challenging. I think there's something really, really beautiful. I, I can't imagine. I think for me, I don't know. I, I, again, it's something that like, I haven't gotten to fully, fully explore, but I think I'd always really want to have a primary partner first. Like, you know, everybody explores these things in different ways. Um, and yeah, I really love getting to meet new people and explore new people and see where that goes and not feel like there's, there's a reason why I didn't get to have an experience that my partner preventing me from getting to experience something in life. Um, and in fact, I just heard him talking about that, about how he feels like so often people blame their partner for the reason why they can't do something because 
but really he doesn't have that excuse. Yeah. He knows that like, if he wants to go on, like, it's a little different now that we have a kid, like can't just pick up and go on vacation. It is a little, it gets, I think it's getting harder, but now it'll be the kid's fault right? and not and each the- other's <laughs> fault. <Yeah. laughs> it's not me. It's the little shit. Yeah. <laughs> anything to you (laughs) yeah but um yeah so that's been really great and that was really hard I think that I know growing up when I would kind of be like oh like dating somebody and be like yeah I'm cool with like you hooking up with other people guys guys in particular would always be like that's awesome but then they didn't actually think it was awesome they think it's awesome when they get to play but they don't think it's awesome when they have to share Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but I think that they feel like it, it's masculine to think that's cool. So then they're like inauthentic to themselves. Um, and my, my partner did, was pretty clear that he did not think it was cool at, from the beginning. Yeah. But I conditioned him. <laughs> <laughs> I like went to a bachelor party pretty early on in the relationship. I was like, look, you do whatever you want. He was like, are you sure? Like, I don't feel comfortable saying the same thing to you. And I was like, no, I just want you to go. Like, I want you to experiment and see how it feels to have this much yeah. space. <laughs> right. And he did. And he had a fun time and he met some girl on the dance floor and like had a dance floor makeout. And I was like, all right, like, do you still want to see me when you get home? He was like, yes. I was like, you still like really like me and stuff. He was like, yes. I was like, did it make your night more fun? He was like, yes. I was like, I was like, what's the problem? I was like, can you imagine? I just like, imagine I did it. And he was like, this was a trick. Like, yes, it was. Uh, and it worked. Yeah. And it worked. Well, I think it just, this is, this is going to be, I mean, this is the thread we keep pulling through. It's just like all of these, all of these constructs and containers and things that have, that, you know, predate all of us. I think it's just our responsibility to interpret them at will. It's just like, what does marriage mean to you? How does, you know, what does monogamy mean to you? What does partnership mean to you? What does sexuality mean to you? What does womanhood mean to you? What does masculinity mean to you? Mm -hmm. What does all of, you know, what do all these different things mean to you as an individual? And, you know, I think just listening to you say that, like, I'm so, while I am such a sexual person, And there's a part of me that's like, yeah, I mean, like, it'd be cool to be able to run out and just like act on impulse and bang whoever I wanted. Like, that would be cool. Except for when I think about like, as the person I am now in the partnership I'm in now, I am way more interested in us. Like what gets me hot is thinking about us having experiences together and not really me having erotic experiences like outside of the relationship, aside from like, I like us being in on it together. So we, I describe our relationship at the moment as like conscious monogamy. Like we are not sleeping with anyone else, you know, and we, we don't make out with anyone else or anything like that in this moment, but we have conversations. We enjoy fantasy. We have conversations often about just our rules and our boundaries. And as long as those feel good to us, everything is great. And the second they don't feel good anymore, what's the new thing? Like we just keep renegotiating it every season that we're in. And so we have like, right now we have the, the flirtation clause. Like we're super chill with flirting. I'm like, I think it's hot when people hit on you. Like it makes I love it when people hit on it. Yeah. It like turns on that primal thing in me. And like, I, and I'm going to go down, I'm going to come home later and take advantage of the fact that I won and that I'm superior. Like that's all going to be, that's going to be fantastic. And so like, jealousy is like salt. It's a little bit. Yeah. It's 
really brings it out, you know, but a lot of it, not so good, ruins the dish. <laughs> not a lot of it, but a little bit. It's like, I love having the safety to do that and to dream and to scheme and to let him know like what I'm needing as we go along together. Like that has gotten really hot for me as opposed to the thought of, of needing a space outside of the container, at least right now. Like that's what. Yeah. And I feel really differently because he, we've talked about like, and maybe this would be more like something you would do, which is like going to a sex party and having your own experience, but like being surrounded by others in some way or something. Totally. Yeah. I can, you know, look, I can get into it, but at the end of the day, I kind of feel like for me, like if when, when we've had threesomes, I still feel like I'm his wife. Mm -hmm. I still feel, I'm still like, there's still like sometimes sort of like some type of um, like who I am. Like I'm worried he'd giggle. Like if I did something new, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, you don't feel like he knows you me so well. Yeah. I want to get to be a brand. You just want to be yourself. Yeah. I want to get to be myself. Yeah. Exactly. Without him. Yeah. So like, that's exactly what I'm, what, what I'm looking for. Mind you, I do feel like, you know, we talk about it a lot more than we do anything. Yeah. Um, and you know, and then the other thing about being, you know, I'm still really picky about who I want to have intimacy, you know, intimate experiences with. So like kind of like struggled going to like sex parties or poly because like I'm, I'm, cause it's a lot of, um, I feel like I'd feel bad saying no Definitely. in a place where it could be really fun to say yes a lot. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if I would be. Yeah. You're like, you don't you know, know what you're looking it. for is there. Yeah. Is there. Yeah. Exactly. You're like, I feel like if I show yeah. up, I'm like here to play, but I don't know that I want to play with anybody. Anybody. A lot of them have like, you know, you can go to a party beforehand and like meet people who are going to be there. Um, it's still, it's tough. Yeah. But it's such an important part of hanging on to your identity outside of motherhood. Like sexuality has been my way of maintaining like my power and my, like who I am. Like I am James mom. And I also like to fuck. Like it's just like, those things coexist. That should be on a t-shirt. It should be. Yeah, you something <laughs> product of fuckery and fucking yes. <laughs> maybe maybe that'll be like on a card on a dinner party that we all host. <laughs> I am so and so's mother, and I still like to fuck. I like yeah, <laughs> and I like. I when I wasn't feeling my libido during pregnancy, that was like that was devastating. That was when I I did not feel like myself. It was really sad it's for me. One of the top reasons why I don't plan to have another child actually wow. it's pregnancy while I was so grateful to have had a very healthy like experience there were no complications and I did not enjoy at all I did not enjoy being pregnant I didn't have the experience that a lot of women talk about and my friends would tell me about how they felt like these fertility goddesses and they felt so amazing and alive and like having that purpose and all these things was so amazing for them and I I felt like a stranger in my own home. Like I felt like I, didn't know, like I was so disconnected for the first time in a really long time. You know, it's like, as, as a woman in this society, like you fight through fucking eating disorders and like body dysmorphia and the beauty standards and all this shit to get really comfortable with yourself and to feel really powerful and beautiful in your own skin and in your body. And I feel like I really had achieved that and was really grounded in that when I got pregnant and then pregnancy, like threw me for a loop. It was 
it mm. was so hard. It was so emotionally hard and just feeling, you know, totally out, out of body. And then having a partner who, you know, love him. We've talked about it on the podcast, like straight up. He just, there's two kinds of partner. I mean, there's more than that, but there's like the guys who are super, you know what I mean? There's, there's the ones who were like primal, like, fuck, that's my baby. Like I did that. Come here, mama, mama. You know, like, yeah. and then there's the ones who were like, there is an alien in my life and I am not like, I get, I go a little limp every time I get near that situation. And that's what happened to us. And it was devastating for me. It was really hard on my self-esteem. It was really hard on our relationship as much as he. Ugh, I bet you look so fucking hot though. <laughs> I definitely got into pregnant women. I was like, Oh, this is really sexy. I think that pregnant women are, look really, really sexy. And I had a few people reach out being like, I'd like to have a sexual experience with you right now. God, I wish somebody well, me. that would have helped. I yes. have said yeah, probably because the, I'm not there, but I would have been very grateful to have had that. I would take a screenshot and I would look at it every day. Yeah, somebody <laughs> said that to me. They were like, when you're pregnant, nobody hits on you, right? Because everybody's like, right. oh, you're pregnant. Obviously. Like you are. I, but like all I wanted just for somebody to hit on me and then for me to be like, well, fuck you though. Like, why, why are you hitting on me? But thank but you. Thank you. So but thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Like that's all I really need yeah. right now. Like, you don't know um, what a gift you gave me today. Yeah. Like, I really yeah. needed to be objectified. And I, <laughs> I did a strip tease while pregnant for some of my friends, like as like a fun thing because my friends are whatever. And I had one friend who was like, I've always thought pregnant women were not sexy and you've just changed my mind. Woo! Like, yeah. <laughs> but then my libido was just shot. It was like not there. I mean, by the third trimester, I just, I was like, whatever, this is whatever. Like I was so bored to be, I was like, yeah. I'm tired, I'm sore. And there's only two positions that can happen in. And one of them requires all of the effort on my part. And like, I am just, and since you're not into it, like I can't get, I can't keep up with this anymore. Like I am already tired and I don't have the energy to carry this for both of us. And so like, you're not giving me anything. And so this yeah. was, yeah, it, he was so amazing in keeping up the intimacy portion. And of course, constantly babe, you're gorgeous. Thank you for growing our baby. You're amazing. Like he was the best, most supportive. He just was not hot pants for my pregnant self. And that, I think that's, so devastating. and that's, yeah. And that's, and that's valid like you're saying, him. it's also, also valid. super just sucky for me. And I also think like, I do wish, cause I think it's also valid to be our libidos change. I think, um, like as a, pro-sex person, somebody that's creates these tools and toys and tries to hold space for these conversations. I think like asexuality is also dope. Yeah. Like not, you know, like it's, it just didn't feel like me. It didn't make me feel good right. to like not have my libido. Yeah. Um, but I would like to, I wish, I wish I could have found more happiness maybe there because that would have been like going with the flow, right? And still finding, but it just really bummed me out. I had daily, I mean, I had daily orgasms. I masturbated every day that I was pregnant. And that honestly was so good for my uterus. And one of the reasons why, I mean, my midwife was like, probably all your orgasms has been very helpful in you having the birth, <laughs> the way that you had birth, just yeah. for the uterus, like it was so toned and everything was, and that was fine. But I just, I think the connection and you, you want to feel good. Like I was struggling to feel good. And that is something that to an extent I find validation in. And when I wasn't able to get that, that felt um, really hard. And it just had me 
being tired, I was like, I don't really want to look at like why I use sex as validation still and have to up level. <laughs> I'm pregnant and tired and I don't want to do this right this second. <laughs> Just let me be. Yeah. You know what? Like it took me a while to realize, like I love to perform you know, sexually and also just in life. And there, there was like a moment in where I was like, why do I like this? Da, 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 da. Like I shouldn't need, you know, being performative. Like it, it's bad. It's like attention seeking. And then like, I looped back around and I was like, fuck it. That's me. That's just what I like. That's what I like. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like, like, and I, and I love doing it too for partners. Like I love being objectified essentially in that space. When I feel safe yeah. and like might not be the most feminist truth, but it's my fucking truth. So fuck it. And that's pretty feminist. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Being feminist is being true to yourself. So, in yeah. All ways possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. So many versions mm-hmm. of feminism I, are totally toxic. <laughs> that's. <laughs> that's I'm like, I'm like, and that's another conversation that's that we can yes. get into. <laughs> and that's where we end. Like, how do we want to wrap this mom hand? fucking obsessed this is so this has been so good joe do you have closing thoughts comments um we have to have you back on here we've got to we've got to get in a conversation because i would love to get in a deeper conversation about non-monogamy parenthood and all that stuff because that is a world of a, a world that i'm navigating in this space and we you know chris and i have had very similar conversations i think that you and your partner have had of just like we're stepping into this role as like quote unquote, I mean, I, I say air quotes for he and I have like parents because now he's moving in and we're shipping this like household or we're, we're steering this household as like parents in this house. And, you know, COVID fucking like <laughs> kind of came down my whole like non-monogamy exploration and everything yeah. just like on hold. So yeah, I would love to have you back on for that because I think that would be just an amazing conversation to have. Yeah. Oh, I again feel like, you know, she's not going to really talk for a while so <laughs> you're, i'm excited to learn more from you joe and like as you go through it yeah. um and you guys are also like we're not monogamous you know like there yeah. is no you know i would really want to explore maybe having other relationships um i think it's a scary thought but to me like i that's what i would like and my partner is just like mm, is not really excited about that so yeah. we'll see He'll evolve. Yeah. See how can how much conditioning you can do between now. Well, yeah, see how much more manipulation. <laughs> but, <laughs> we'll see, but you know, and also there's always some sacrifice that you make in relationships yeah. in some ways, and you just have to decide if that sacrifice is worth it. And if it's not, it's definitely not. I don't know if I believe what I just said. Like, should you feel like you're sacrificing? It's- yeah, I definitely feel like I'm sacrificing for my daughter. Yeah, there are sacrifices, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like for me, I keep choosing the things that actually make me feel like I have the most freedom. So it's like, mm. oh, like even though I am a mom and there are sacrifices I make for her, there are things I willingly, like I choose to do those things. Like I don't do things for her to the detriment of myself. So there's no, you know, like, because the best thing I can be for her is, is totally grounded in good health. Like I being my best self is the best thing I can do for her. So I, there's not, there's not a lot of like sacrifice in the way that I'm giving up something for her. It's like, I have to do things for her. I have to give myself things for her. 
So I think maybe it's just like flipping that around. Cause even with me, yeah. I don't feel that I'm sacrificing like who I am or what I want to be with him. I chose him because I can be myself and have what I want in relationship with him. And because he's willing to grow and give me that space. I'll start thinking about that way. See how it goes. <laughs> a la carte. Take what serves, leave the rest. <laughs> I'll let you know. We'll see what works. Well, it was really awesome being here. I obviously really enjoyed the combo and just stuck around. We <laughs> loved having you. Thank you for coming and for helping all of us come. And for so <laughs> you have, yeah, you, you coming has helped many of us come. That's just, yes, it's just the truth. It's the straight truth. We're grateful yeah. and everything you do. <laughs> hey, Alex Zacharias. Alex, Alex Fine is fucking amazing. <laughs> I. <laughs> You guys, I am, I'm fangirling really hard. I hope it didn't show in the episode because I mean, I actually, I feel personally. You did, you did pretty, you did pretty good. I I feel like I was, I didn't see it. Cool. I felt like I was like lean back and relaxed. I wore my army jacket because that means. Totally. I was noticing that. I was like, wow. Okay. She's, she's got cool girl energy right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm over here sitting on the floor of my kid's bedroom. (laughs) I mean, I'm sitting on the floor in my, um, in my basement, uh, guest room where my sister is staying. So I'm like surrounded by all of Emma's things and I've been sitting in like a, a squat position for over an hour and a half. That's why I've been doing the whole, like shifting my I'm hips. Super slit my knees. I'm like, Oh my God, I've got to bend my, I actually, I, have to I got to bend my knees. Oh my God. Oh. I know. I was like, I hope I'm not distracting any- anybody in this conversation right now, but I really have to move my hips as we're talking and sitting here on the ground. <laughs> okay. So how did you feel about that conversation? We talked about so many things. Like we spent, so many I loved how much we were able to talk about just the gender binary while I also would like to have that was a very flowing conversation. And as she stated kind of early on, she, it's not something that's like really activated for her. It's something she's curious about and finds a lot of, it sounds like joy and ease and kind of fluidity with. Mm-hmm. And I know that is definitely not every, um, you know, gender non-conforming, non-binary humans experience. Like it can, it can actually be very, heavy and complicated and hard. And so I do want to make space for more of that conversation later, but I actually, I love that we were able to give that perspective. I love that she could be that for someone. I hope that someone listening was like, maybe I don't have to make this any kind of way. Maybe my experience doesn't have to feel any kind of way. Maybe I get to choose how much I touch into this and and how much I don't. Yeah. And I, I, I love that she, she like shined a light on that because I feel right now that like, at least in this house, um, there are two, my two daughters are exploring their sexual identities in different ways. 
one is very much so in the same sentiment as Alex Fine has discussed it to be in this like, I'm just exploring. I like this. I like that. I'm going to pick and pull because that's just how it is. And whereas my other child is not quite like that. Like, like one of them feels a little bit more, more in that space of I'm, I'm, I'm going inward to do this kind of discovery of self. And I don't necessarily want to tell everybody because I don't feel safe, but here is the other one who is like, fuck it. I'm going to claim it. I'm going to do that. And I'm, I'm really not going to know. And that's okay with me. And so I love that she was able to, to shine a light on that because yes, I do agree. Not everyone's experiences are like that. And also, I think for those who have those experiences that are a little bit more lighter, a little bit more airy, that have more levity to it, they don't get to speak up as much because there's so many of the other experiences where it's really challenging, where it's really hard, where families don't understand and don't want to understand, and then they feel even more shut out in the world. So I think it was beautiful in that. The other part of this conversation that I thought was incredible was how dynamic it was and how it's such a reflection of womanhood and motherhood that all of it is so dynamic and there's such a beautiful range of it where for for some for for some I know experiences or conversations that I'm in when when it is around a bunch of other mothers it is just so black and white of like this is motherhood this is what we talk about this is this it doesn't jump from all of these different facets and that was something that you touched on in this conversation how so much of what we do in this human experience as a woman weaves in motherhood it's not just this or that it's this and and more than uh, so I love that that converse this last conversation really highlighted that um, aspect of motherhood and, and womanhood. Mm. And one thing I found really brilliant about Alex is for someone who is so smart. I mean, she has a master's degree in clinical psychology with a concentration in sex therapy. Like she has worked in startups. She is the founder and CEO of a multi-million dollar business. Like this is a brilliant brilliant human being. And she also just had a baby, which is a new experience. And there were a couple of times where it's like, I would ask a question and she'd be like, you know what, man, I don't know. Like, I just don't know. Like (laughs) they're so comfortable with themselves, which I, you could feel it. You could feel the comfort so comfortable with themselves and their experience. And I just loved that she was comfortable saying, I don't know, because I, for me, this has been a practice. I've, I have consciously worked to get better at that for such a long time. And some of this is trauma adaptation. (laughs) I felt this responsibility to have answers for people. And when Mm -hmm. someone would ask me a question, even if I hadn't the faintest fucking clue, I would feel around and I would try my best to find, I would find out, I would grab onto a piece of information and then I would share that information. Like I would, I would, I would have to, I would make myself know something. I had to have something Mm. to offer. I couldn't just say, you know what? I don't really know. And Mm. I think this is an, an awesome opportunity for growth for a lot of people is just, there's no shame in not knowing what you don't know. 
and yeah. to be open to other people's experiences and expertise and to ask questions and to not be afraid or embarrassed because you don't know what something means or because you don't have an answer and just opening that space of possibility for conversation by saying, you know, I don't know, but I'm interested to learn, or I don't know. And I'm waiting to see what happens. Yeah. I, I think that's so freeing. I think there's something really liberating about that. And I love that she did that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so funny. Cause I think I, the whole, <laughs> that whole like thing that you just pointed out makes me think about the mother group that we talked about, <laughs> about like the thing that we desire the most out of like a possible mother group. And the name that I'm, I'm, I'm like thinking of right now is like, what the fuck mom? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For our group. Like, this is the what the fuck mom group. Yeah. group. Yeah. I mean, because it's just, it's just one of those things where I, yeah, I do appreciate that. I, I think, you know, so, so oftentimes I don't know. And I love that someone like that will boldly say, I don't know. And someone that we both look up to and admire and aspire to be in different ways uh, can really just boldly claim that so beautifully. I just also loved her freaking attitude on everything. Yeah. <laughs> I love, I love her energy and everything. She's so funny. I also, I realized that I just said fuck like six times in a row and I'm going to tell you why I'm keeping count is because I just decided that because James is talking now and she's starting to repeat things after me that I have to swear less. And so I, I'm not sure if anyone has advice on how to stop swearing so much for their child's sake. I would love to hear what it is. Uh, I thought about having a swear jar and every time I swear, I put money in it and that money goes into James piggy bank. There was that, that's something that I did for a little bit. And then at some point I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. It, it, it naturally tailored down when you're conscious about it. Yeah. Just yeah. setting the intention. Yeah. Just setting it's the not even, it. it's, and, and Mike and I have talked about this. It's not even because, I mean, it, yes, it's problematic to have a two-year-old with impulse control saying fuck, like that's an issue a little bit because you can't, you can't explain to them the nuances and appropriateness. Whereas I don't have a problem. Like, I'm not going to be one of those who's like, you can't cuss. I'm going to be like, you have a cuss day once a month and don't do it at school and don't get in trouble. I better never get called because you said any of that stuff, but feel free. They're just fucking words. Like, I don't care. Seven. Uh, right. I think that's part of it. And then there's this little tiny part of me that hears that voice that's that says, you know, cussing, it's, it's a lowbrow word filler. Like you should have better vocabulary. You should be able to come up with something better than a fuck every time you need to fill a space. And I'm like, Ooh, maybe, but I don't know where that's coming from either. I don't know where that's coming from. It's so funny. Cause I'm just like, Oh, I've never really thought of it that way. <laughs> like a lowbrow filler word. I feel like I curse a lot, but I do it because it brings me joy. I have a, I, I feel that I have a decent vocabulary, but I, it brings me joy to curse. It makes me feel sassy and a little bit rebellious, which, you know, it's just, <laughs> it's just you. It's just you. It's just so, you. You know, thoughts, which is thoughts, other, thoughts which on is motherhood. That's where I'm at right now. It's like to cuss or not to cuss. Is what <laughs> I remember the first time that Iris cussed uh, and she said, fuck, because she dropped something. I think she was like three years old. And at first I was like, oh shit, I'm going to be in so much trouble. But she also used it in the right context. Like she dropped something. Be proud of was that. Like, oh, she's fuck. So smart. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, like, look I at her understanding that. context. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hmm. She used well, it in the right way. And so many of us, you know, it just brings up this, and this is totally a, a side, side, sidebar. It, it brings up this whole, what is the reason why everyone doesn't want their child cussing? And it's because it reflects badly on them. Everyone's thinks that if a kid cusses, it means they're a bad parent. 
And since mm. we don't really subscribe to the whole, like nothing you do makes us a bad mom. So, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. It's like, I don't know how much stock to give it, how much energy to put into it. I feel unsure about that and keep sitting with it and see what maybe, happens. But maybe less than 20%. Okay. I think less than 20%. Right. <laughs> Would love to hear your thoughts on this. Cussing around yeah. to others. Tell, yeah. tell us what you think. Yeah. Um, anything else? I just, it was so rich that that was one of those conversations. These are the ones we started the podcast for these conversations that really highlight the humanity of the person and don't focus on like achievement, accomplishment, what you like, I've heard so many conversations with her and so many of them are about Dame and building a business. And while I so value that everybody fucking knows what Dame is now because of us. And, you know, I just, I think that this is, yeah, it speaks for itself and she built that, which is incredible, but there's so much more to her than that. Just like there's more to her than motherhood and more to her than womanhood. And we want her than just being the CEO of Dame. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we got to experience so many facets of her and I feel really proud of that. Yeah. I should say they and them. They and them. She preferred she, they and them. So I'm working on the pronouns thing. We are. This is an education. We are doing it messily, but are committed to doing it better. I ordered a book on um, just the non-binary and trying to get, like, I really want to be educated and inclusive and exceptionally safe for yeah. all of the Which humans. Which book did you get? I, I do not know why I'm having such trouble um, remembering the name of it right now. It, it is, let me, I'm going to look it up super fast. Hold on just a second. Raising them is also a really awesome one I've heard multiple times from different people. Mm. So is looking for a good book. Raising them is also a great one. That is awesome. Oh my gosh. You put me on the spot and I'm not gonna Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Beyond the gender binary is the mm. one that I just got um by Alok Vade Manal. Manon. Yeah. Manon. Yeah. I was like I- who was yeah, who was also oh my god like manifest we manifest them mm-hmm. onto this podcast as well poet activist incredible person but just yeah trying to even when we do it messily and don't do it right all the time and I know we talked about that earlier this week where both of your daughters have you know I, I have told you have informed you that they are non-binary humans and just determining checking in with them about we talked about that a little in the episode talking mm-hmm. about asking them having them update you. As, as they discover themselves and as they express on what their preferred pronouns are and how they want to be seen and what kind of space they need help for them. And I think you're doing a beautiful job of that. And I am learning right along with you. And mm. I, I want to, I want to get better at this. I don't want to be the kind of person who just kind of gets by on being nice. Like I really, when people tell me what their pronouns are, I want to use the proper pronouns. Like that's, yeah. that's super yeah. And slip-ups happen. There's always going to be that. Um, there's always going to be a slip-up. I mean, I know from time to time, there's always that uh, here at this house. But yeah, I mean, yeah, the conversation with Alex is beautiful. It was incredible to hear her stories about just, <laughs> I haven't heard the Eva story, like yeah. and how that came <laughs> around. So that was, I mean, I, I can't get, I also can't remove the visual right, of her, her running around. Wayne <laughs> and her coin purse, literally. Yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> Let me just put some coins in here. Um, <laughs> and it's so funny because now I'm like, I need to go celebrate with my Eva. Versus <laughs> yeah, conversation. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was amazing to have her on. It was, it was, it was beautiful to see her 
be the fine human that yeah. she is actually she is. Yeah. in all of the ways in all of the ways so i'm excited for all of you guys to well they're already listening to it they did it they heard it, it. We're, just giving, we're just giving them a debrief <laughs> on how much we loved it this is also new, new formatting all of you for for our folks listening we Joe and I decided that it feels more natural to us to, to do a fresh debrief right off the end of the conversation, instead of coming in and doing an intro that feels like something separate than the conversation we just had. Yeah. And so we're, we're experimenting and doing what feels right for us as we totally advocate for and hope that you guys are doing as well. So yeah, let us know how you feel about debrief <laughs> and um, permission granted to change our mind at any time. So we might do an Absolutely. intro again later. <laughs> sure. Whatever the fuck we want. We love you guys. <laughs> Thank you folks so much for listening. If this conversation tickled your fancy, opened your mind, or gave you permission to simply express yourself a little bit more authentically, share with a friend, rate us on Apple Podcasts, follow on Spotify, or subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.